what was going on around me. It was a bit chaotic or just a sense of insecurity was in the air, in the family, and later as I was growing up in, in, everywhere outside. But since very early age, I uh, found that refuge in, in a piece of paper. Today we are here with Mr. Khalil Zarin, an Iranian artist whose story has been nothing short of inspiring. He began his artistic journey at a young age, painting alongside his father. After fleeing Iran and seeking refuge in Malaysia, Mr. Khalil turned to his lifelong passion for art as a way to make sense of the world around him while dealing with the difficulties of settling in a different country. Join us as we embark on a captivating conversation with Mr. Khalil, in which we explore his identity as an artist and musician. So thank you so much for coming and speaking with us today, Mr. Kumail. We're so excited to get to know you. Um, so just to start off, would you mind introducing yourself? So like your personal story, your career as your career journey as an artist? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, hello, my name is Kumail, Kumail Zarin, and I come from Iran. I was born there and raised there. And I'm, I'm a painter. I learned painting from my father, my late father, and I started from a very early age. I started with drawing when I was four years old, showed great enthusiasm with, with drawing and painting. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been drawing ever since. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in Malaysia. I'm a refugee. I've been here 12 years now and waiting for resettlement process like to a start <laughs> well, thank you um i just a follow-up question to that is what led you to pursue art as a means of expression oh okay uh like when i was a kid uh what was it that i found interesting in drawing like uh, i think it was the peace and a space it provided for me like I think it was kind of chaotic in some way and I think I was a sensitive child and what was going on around me it was a bit chaotic or just a sense of insecurity was in the air in the family and later as I was growing up in, in, everywhere outside but since very early age I uh, found that refuge in in a piece of paper. So the fact that I could spend like an hour just being immersed into that piece of paper, you know, and connecting to what I liked, I think, to draw. And yeah, so that was my, my connection with with I think it's the yeah, the nature of of drawing and yeah, it's a peaceful activity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a no, that's incredible. I I went to a um, performing arts high school where I know a lot of people majored in visual arts. So I think art is just an incredible way to express yourself. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you learned from your father. So did your father was your father also also an artist? Yes, he was a self taught painter. Yeah, as a as a passion, he he pursued uh, drawing. He was a musician and a painter. And so there was this 
revolution, Islamic, uh, basically, the revolution in 1979 in Iran. And before that, we had some freedoms in Iran. We didn't have the best political freedom in Iran, but after, yeah, but uh, like music, for example, was free that time in Iran. So there were live musics happening, and my father was a musician that time. And after revolution, music was banned totally. That's, again, another thing in my childhood because I had great passion for music, and I still have. And so, but there wasn't any mention of music anywhere. There wasn't any instrument. I had not seen an instrument in my childhood, like to know, oh, okay, that's how it works. That's where the sound comes. But I was so fascinated with the tunes that you would hear, like in cartoons, the opening and the endings of films. And I would like memorize and hum those tunes to myself and that was great joy like my my favorite game was to yeah to do that to hum melodies mm -hmm. and yeah so my father was a musician but then after revolution he also could draw and paint he uh, yeah he became a painter like he found jobs as a painter those years after revolution that's when i was born i was born like three years after three four years after revolution that's when he married and then i was born and his job was a painter and around the time i was born which is 1983 uh like uh, that time iran and iraq there was a war between iran and iraq for eight years and there were soldiers uh, killed and the bodies would come back right and then their families we lived in a small town but their families would bring the latest photo they had of their son and give to my father, and my father would paint a portrait. So uh, as my father was like in his studio, he'd go the corner of the house where he would paint a uh, very modest life. But, uh, but he would also uh, share with me his materials, like give me if I needed paint or a small canvas he would make for me a stretch canvas and make a small one for me uh, which later I, when i was thanking him for all this that he, he he gave me this and so that still to this day i'm uh, painting and enjoying it a lot uh, he said that, no it was your own enthusiasm and you wouldn't let me paint if i didn't <laughs> like make sure i made a small canvas for you and given so you wouldn't let me do my work so and it was a very gentle approach. He was not forceful at all. Like, oh, it's not correct that way, or you should draw it this way. No, I had just thought of it. I was just enjoying. And yeah, so I got great support from my father as a kid, yeah. Mm -hmm. Drawing, painting. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned music. Music. Are you also a musician? I play music a lot. Like, it is really, but yeah, I, I don't have the confidence that I have with drawing and painting because I started learning drawing as a child. And music, it was much later that I managed to find a guitar and then take some classes. I was a teenager. And uh, from there, just by ear, just trying to, yeah, so couple of instruments I play but yeah I listen to a lot of music and music is really great yeah I really love it yeah yeah I yeah. um when I was younger I I played the violin for almost 10 years so I I love music as well it's it's incredible fantastic yeah. awesome yeah um so another question for you is just 
How has your experience as a refugee influenced your own artistic perspective and the different themes that you explore in your work? Yeah. Of course, you want to express when you are painting. Like instead of saying it, sometimes, you know, some people, some kids, when they are shy, they might not be saying it, but they find that, okay, they can put it in a, in a, in something that they make. It's the same for, for artists or other. You, those things that also, because it's, it's a language, right? I mean, it's a visual language or with music, it's a language. So you could express, and it's a very powerful language. And as, and even in, yeah, you are empowered to use the, the tool, the language itself is an empower. You could be empowered by it to express it even. Yeah, so it's so fulfilling. And the themes, yeah, that is, you know, that you, uh, that shape, the themes that shape your life, your journey, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, they find their way into what you create. So, yeah, I think, I don't know if it's a choice or if it's a, right, just happens by itself, but I come to those themes like home, like home, not as a country necessarily, or, but home in its, right, a broad meaning that it, like it's, it means, it could mean different things to for different people. And uh, like home and also a journey and also things that, you leave things that you find uh, all that uh, yeah using that language painting like visual language yeah I, I, I do use those themes that home I think is something that I like to 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 express my 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 feelings yeah mm -hmm. yeah um going off of that are there any specific mediums or artistic techniques that you prefer to work with? And why do you find those particularly effective for conveying oh. your message? Yeah, so I'm a painter, you know, I, I do digital works as well at commissions now and then. And I used to do animation when I was a teenager, but I'm more like, a, I like the traditional way of making art, drawing and painting. And uh, here, the last few years, the way I've been painting, I've been painting more with acrylics, water-based paint that dries fast. I find, I mean, I, I, I really like drawing because of its quick, it happens quickly. It, it's just, you know, in a moment, I, maybe that's my nature too, I like doing things, you know, in that moment and that's it and doing it fast or uh, so the same is with acrylic. In some way, acrylic is kind of like drawing. It dries fast. So if you want to change anything, you can overpaint it or change certain parts and it could. Yes. So acrylic allows me to to paint fast. And I think it is just also the the nature of the kind of life I'm living. I mean, I, I you know, the, nothing is certain in that sense. Like I can't even remember like, some years ago or I don't know next year where I will be or next month where I will be really because yeah, it's just, right? It's just 
it is it's almost like it's happening on the street right it's like in that moment so with acrylic it's much faster even the piece dries fast so whatever it's very much like drawing so the nature of yeah that that's the nature of it i think it's i i connect i relate to it because of my situation my condition i think i just connect with it more mm -hmm. yeah. so i guess besides acrylics what are some other um artistic techniques that you do use yeah so uh other so i more explore more different styles and and just push like going different directions at times one thing that i can mention is like other than it being acrylic when it is acrylic for a period i was doing black and white paintings just using black paint and white paint again uh, i don't know it was if it was partially uh, the avoiding of color it was just i don't have the word right now but it is it is like a it was a kind of a response it was a refusing to use color and i found it to be more of concerning the existential uh, concern or uh, with, with black and white it's almost like a sculpting it's just the thing being there whatever it is that you are drawing if it's a subject or the composition itself when it is black and white you just uh, create it like like a tree in black and white before it being a green tree or a yellow tree it is a tree and that right that that with black and white I, I connected to black and then it was maybe just a period like for a year i was doing that and it was maybe it was like fasting intentionally fasting of color right for color and then when i got to again bringing in colors it was refreshing it was nice to 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 have the colors as well it's just putting it like away for a while then to find it back and then to appreciate it and to connect with it more this, yeah, that's one thing I could mention. I, I'm mainly no, I'm not doing any sculpture or other other mediums, painting and drawing, mainly. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I I guess I've never really considered how some artists only do black and white just because they that is what the meaning of the image is. It's it's that. You know, I think yeah. what really resonated with me was what you just said about a tree being a tree, not a blue tree or a yellow tree. It's a tree. And that's yeah. the meaning of the pieces. Yeah. Well, we have Chinese painting, which is with ink only, black on the white surface, right? But with acrylic paint, it is like a sculpting. You can, you can, uh, uh, you can paint with black over a white canvas, but then with white also over the black and all the grays in between so it's like shaping it along the way like cutting off some of the clay if it's a scholar or then adding some more so you keep you could it's very flexible you could which is not the case with drawing with ink like the stroke you put there the mark you make it's there yeah, is um i guess going off of that is there any medium that as an artist you don't really particularly like to use not at all i love it all <laughs> like yeah it's like it's the same i think it would be the same case with music is there any 
instrument that I don't like? How could I say that? I love music, right? And every instrument, the identity of it, why is it there? Why was it made for the purpose of making music? So any medium, medium ever made, any media ever made, used to create art, the purpose is what I uh, value. And I appreciate all mediums, even the ones that I don't know yet. I would love to write, learn more about it. Yeah. Right. yeah the purpose is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I guess also just going off of that, can you share a particularly meaningful or impactful piece of art you've created um, as, since becoming a refugee? I guess, like, what does it represent to you? I think the body of work is one work. It's just, it doesn't end with one canvas. It, it's always, right. So uh, of, I have that intention. Like I, I try to create that connection between me and my work uh, in each painting. And there are a range of subjects that together form uh, basically my experience when I'm making art. Uh, is any, regardless of being a big piece or a small sketch or a small painting or a big painting, is there anyone, any of them uh, more important to me or more significant the experience? No, it's all of them, like each one of them. I would, I have a feeling for it. But, but, to, but to mention, like, like what art is like sometimes could be, art could be different things. What do you mean by that? Art, I mean, painting could be different things, different things to could give you the idea, you know, what to paint. So the subject of each painting, the, the intention behind each painting could be, it's a variety of things, experiences that bring it you to wanting to create it. Could be a memory, could be just the scene, could be something you imagine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if I, but I, I just, for I don't know, I've just, as I, I like to mention that when my father passed away, like five years ago, the, the day after that, I was at home here and I just, uh, you know, looked at the photo of him, a photograph, and then, and I painted a small portrait of him. And that, that is good. That, that's a, you know, a moment of reflection. That's one thing that Painting can be through the throughout the time that you're uh, painting and looking at the subject. All that time is the time that you're reflecting on that. That's where the subject matter is important. Like the, in the work of Van Gogh, he chose those subject matters because they meant something to him personally, which was not the case for many other painters. Like other impressionists, they would look at a landscape, just the beauty of the scene. But Van Gogh personally had to choose his subject like a chair why that chair that particular chair had a had a meaning to him or if there are boats why those boats why do they symbolize or a pair of boots why or some cut some flowers so so the, the subject matter sometimes could be uh, what what makes the experience meaningful right or other Things. Another exercise that I did, oh, I call it exercise, uh, a painting I made because it was an exercise in packing. 
this piece I haven't uh, shown it yet. I've been painting last year, I mean, last two years, and I'm hoping I could like make an exhibition maybe in few months, hopefully, maybe in early next year. I, I am at this stage right now, the paintings are, are, are all completed. I'm going to take photos of them and make a proposal and then uh, look for sponsors and uh, maybe a spaces where I could exhibit this painting. So this particular painting, so, okay, I, I want to, okay, now mention this one as well as a painting that represents, represents uh, what I wanted to do or how I paint or what I paint. Uh, so it was an exercise in packing, I thought, as a subject for painting, because I don't know when I will be called to leave this country and then be resettled somewhere else. That could happen anytime, you know, soon like. And I have been here 12 years, so I have kind of a home here, and I have my instruments here. I have the speakers, which I like a lot, because a very dear friend of mine uh, bought these speakers for me. These are monitor speakers. I I make music with them, so they 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 yeah they play the the sound is very clean and good. So, but more than that, because it's a gift, also I appreciate it. So things that I will have to leave behind, or other things like a small listen, like this instrument in my head, it's a melodica, but it has memory for me, and I love it. And uh, so these things. Also, I thought before the time comes. To, to pack and decide, okay, what can I take with me? Uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to do a painting. That would be a good subject for a painting. Maybe uh, to, to, to pack everything in a canvas, the things that you like. So it was a, it was a, again, it was an expression. It was a manifestation. Maybe it was a testimony uh, on that. These are the things that are, and the title of the painting is The Baggage. These are the things that are mine, or I, I I want to take them with me where I go. Yeah. So you would say and, that in terms of like all of your pieces of art, they are almost like one thread, like they're one story rather than like individual pieces of your life. Yeah, yeah, they are. Because behind all of them, there is this person, this human being who did this, I, I often look at, I mean, uh, other people's, not talking about myself, but other things that people create. I look at them like, look at it like that, like when they are gone. Or, you know, the reason why we make things, we make things to stay for a while, to last, maybe for a while. And especially I like physical things. That's why I don't like, I do digital Painting commissions, but I don't like it at all. And first, I thought I like it. Oh, okay, it's a, but I don't like it at all. And I appreciate the physical paintings because, right? It it is I connected it more as as a viewer. So something that someone has made, a piece of music that a composer has made, and that composer has passed away, but what he has left. So when I look at when I listen to that piece of music more, than, I mean, it's very beautiful. And I'm enjoying it. But in the context of who created it and the relationship I feel with that, you know, the connection that I, re I resonate with that person who made this. So in that sense, I, that is, I think that is the truth for me, that behind uh, the things that I make is this person that I was or I wanted to be, I tried to create uh, that someone who makes these things that's what i try to 
make of myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's in that's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I guess just another question that I have for you is, have you ever encountered any specific challenges as a refugee artist, such as either accessing the art supplies that you need or finding the spaces to showcase your work? Um, I don't know. Finding spaces right now, I don't know. I've, in the past, I was lucky. I held two exhibitions, quite big exhibitions in 2019. Uh, and... I was lucky to have a friend who had a space, had a bistro, and part of this bistro was like a gallery. It was a very big space. And so they let me use that space and to curate and create this exhibition on my own with, with the help of my friend. And uh, again, now I'm hoping to, but this time I don't have that bistro, it doesn't exist anymore. So now I need to look for a space. I don't know yet. Uh, but to be able to make art, again, I have been lucky. And also, I think the effort I put, I mean, this is also a real thing that since I was four-year-old, five-year-old, I kind of committed myself to things that were very important to me, like drawing, painting. So I kind of, so that at this point where I'm here in this country, it is right. I, I was once a stranger here. Still, I'm not a Malaysian, but I've made friends. And uh, I was lucky to meet people who believed in me and liked what I was doing. And they had the means whenever I needed, they could uh, support me with, you know, if I needed to, if I uh, didn't, you know, if I, it was hard for me to, to get materials, to get a space, to, to live, a space to work, because to be able to work, I need a space. To, to, I need a space for painting. So uh, I've been lucky in that sense with some local friends here, Malaysians who are very yeah, gracious. Do any of your like friends also create art and do what you do? Yes, I can. In, 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 yeah, in my opinion. A slightly maybe different but we still have you know that same heart for arts uh, yeah it could be like right it could be like music they make or like designers they are or but we do share uh, so uh, we do share uh, a passion a passion for for art and kind of throughout you know talking to each other we also learn from one another so it's good it's very small because believe the fine art in Malaysia is not really a big thing. It's not much happening and it's not much, you know, no, not not many people are studying fine art. But but it is still okay. Um yeah, uh, it's good that I have a chance to to do what I like. I also have um a few questions. Uh just um from your website in general. So um we saw that on your website you provide workshops to people of all ages. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about these workshops, why you started them, and what your experience has been as a teacher of art to other people. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much uh, for suggesting that, and thank you so much. That That is great. Uh, so I have been teaching uh, last few years, uh, and 
different ages yes kids workshops adults uh i have passion for teaching i mean it's a meaningful thing to me to be to because i'm self-taught right my father let me paint but then so i did not have the chance to go to a good university to learn art uh but I'm quite, I've been always quite eager to learn what I really care for most, which is learning art, about art. So I've been like educating myself through reading, listening to lectures online, and also the practice itself. And uh, so I have a passion for teaching. Uh, the, the I, I run classes and I, I have been running classes and Right now, uh, some of these workshops were uh, from the past. So these are the things on my website. Uh, but it's more like my profile of teaching, my teaching portfolio that says I could do these workshops. I have done such workshops. And there are photos of those different sessions uh, so that I could I could also maybe find people, uh, people who might be interested to uh, maybe have a class or have a teacher. So... Uh, because at the end of the day, it is a struggle to make ends meet. It's very difficult. It, uh, I'm still, okay, I'm still alive, basically doing, being able still to do to this. But it's always a struggle, and because in some way I'm kind of on my own, and with the help of few friends, they could help me with the small things whenever if I want to do something. They would, they show all they could, they would do. But it's just us. It's just individuals here. So it's just on my own in, in that sense. Uh, so there is no organization that I could be part of. So one wonderful thing that is going to happen from January is that I've spoken with the head of a school that I'm going to teach there, teach their students from January. And it is really great there. So this school, it's got Ideas Academy. They started 10 years ago for refugees. And I visited their school and it is great. The environment is fantastic. And now do you want to have an art teacher as well? So the interview went very well. I did a trial class two days ago. They liked it. So I'm going to start teaching all ages there, all years. And yeah, that is good from January. It will be happening. Um, yeah, and for a while when it was pandemic again to to find some, to make get some earning to earn some money to be able to pay bills, uh, I I've been trying different things. I've been trying like online classes for adults, online classes for children. So I set up my uh, I, I use a back home drawing pad and I connect to my laptop on Zoom. I could share my screen and I got a, a microphone and so. They could hear me and they could, kids loved it. I mean, I had some storytelling sessions for kids like four, five, six year olds and and drawing with things that start with the letters of alphabets and all that. So different ideas. Also with old people, I mean, sometimes it, it is sometimes you know, uh, my, my, my friend's parent, two, two of them, they had even dementia, they had, and but still they could do art and they enjoyed it and we could draw and so it is also of course drawing painting is so innate in us and it's a language and i, I mean based on our need uh, we could always benefit from it another thing i've been uh, another challenge for me has been uh, i mean maybe two things one is that finding 
because I am more passionate about teaching art more seriously, not as a hobby only on weekends, just one hour doing an activity. It's uh, sometimes I'm harsh in that I get, you know, meaning I get upset why uh, I cannot find the students, but I should understand that it is different people out there. They just want it as an activity and they don't want to practice the basics and become really good with drawing. And all. So, um, and it was a struggle also, that's the second. It was a struggle to to find the students, to get people to sign up. I don't have a big group of followers on Instagram. And uh, those, it's just friends and friends of in town. They have tried, but it's not a serious thing. That's why I try to uh, uh, reach out to schools. And that's how I got this job. Still, it's a part-time, which is good. allows me to do my own paintings as well. So two, three days a week, I will be. So this is kind of a bit stable. I don't need to look for students. Students are there. And I could just be the teacher, do the teaching. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I Thank you. Congrats on getting that job. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know you're going to yeah. do yeah, because as a refugee here, I don't have also a work permit. I'm very mm -hmm. confident with my, uh, I think, experience and say knowledge or expertise on drawing and painting. Uh, I'm very confident with that. I think I could uh, teach students, serious students, even older age. Uh, and yeah, it's, so that's why I was a bit sad not being able to find committed students, keen students who really, and I, I, I understand it is because of my own uh, journey. It is it is a bit tricky. Recently, I've been also painting paintings that are not maybe easy to be appreciated by, by e easily. So they are not, they don't, they're more abstract maybe, and the colors are much dark. So the typical thing like, you know, now that a lot of paintings are out there. I mean, but when we think of a painting, oh, an artist, or going to a gallery, we want to see beautiful things. But that's not what all painting and art is about, right? Yeah, but, but, but a lot of us, when we expect to see beautiful paintings, we, we want painting to, to heal us, to see beautiful colors, and to... And I don't know, it's not always like that. I mean, it's greater than that, the the medium that we use. It's a language. We cannot just limit it to beautiful things, nice things. We just want to hear nice poems. No, it's not like so. Or, yeah, so uh, that's one thing. Also, uh, when you paint recognizable things, not recognizable only, but in a more naturalistic way, more realism, uh, naturalistic, like you paint a tree like how it looks in reality. That's how I used to paint. So I I could paint like that. I try. I was trying to master that. How to paint a portrait like realistically, where everyone can appreciate it and say, "Wow, Komal, you're a great painter." And so that's where here also first few years I was doing more that kind of stuff because I think partially because I needed to kind of find uh, some space to to be recognized as a painter. But then. I'm growing myself, right? I'm, I'm reading on modern art. I'm reading, and that is, I'm so passionate about it. So I had to a bit let go of that instant recognition, that desire, 
or uh, so to and to create something that is meaningful to me something that first of all i like i can see okay this is what i'm trying to do here in this painting or this is what i'm trying to do in this painting and it becomes i think more an intellectual matter as well uh, uh, and it only by exhibiting those work you cannot educate everyone okay this is what it means this is why it looks like this but still it is a i think at the same time also we could say that we could look at art and because it is quite it's a direct and pure language just even if it is black and white if it is distorted, let's say the face is distorted, it uh, it's it's a universal language. No matter if you're educated in art or not, it is still a great space, good chance for 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 seeing uh, seeing paintings, seeing art. So I still hope that it would be received well. I hope it will be received well. The, the exhibition I intend to do. So that has been a challenge, but I mean, I feel a bit more lonely recently with my art, maybe. But at the same time, I'm happy that I've been pursuing more what matters to me, like what is more truthful or what I have learned and I want to exercise that. And it's good because at the end of the way, I would be looking at my work and saying, okay, is this... Am I kind of proud of what I'm doing, what I've been doing, or right? Did I believe in what I was doing? So in that sense, uh, it doesn't matter if I'm not happy with it. I'm never happy with it, and this is a good thing. I'm never happy with my work. Or oh, not there yet. Not it's not. It's all a failure. Always a failure, right? Not yet, but it is good. I I can I I can say okay. This is this is my path. These are my prints. So I'm curious. Um. Whenever you start, uh, you know, teaching classes uh, to, uh, you know, the students of the school that you'll be teaching at, what do you hope that they'll be able to gain out of your classes? Uh, what do you hope that by learning how to, you know, like paint, how to draw, what they will yeah. gain that skill? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think drawing and painting is so uh, innate in us. They say like every child is an artist. The problem is uh, to remain an artist when you grow up. It's just that we lose that sense of observation. Uh, so, uh, and all the instructions and all that is great from a certain age onward, from let's say 11, 12 year old onward, because that's the time, because of the brain development of a child, they start becoming more interested in reality around them how this actually looks what this you know i want to draw this cup the way it looks or that car more realistically they become before that when they're six seven they have their own reality five year old they don't care about that actually they have their own reality and that time they should not be forced to okay that's wrong no you need to be, they should be allowed to express themselves and to create the way they want to create and uh, what art, so I was saying that this art is so innate in us from childhood and all along our history, right? Since ancient times, always in all cultures, they make art. 
So what is this making things and this art, this in right music art? So we we connecting with these languages, universal language. They are and as human beings because of our senses, because we have eyes, we have painting and drawing. Because we have ears, we have music, right? And because we have mind, we have tongue, we have poetry, we have we have body, we have dance, and so so what art is is not just a subject then. Uh, painting I usually like to draw connections between life and the art like those principles in art I like to connect them or from there uh, point at because they are like parallel point at those principles in life right or exercises the experiences we have it, it is so it can many things that are in us in, in our relationship with the world around us this art music painting drawing it's like one example would be just let's say a representative drawing or observational drawing observational drawing you look at a subject in front of you a model you put it there a cup a bottle and you so it is a that exercise the, the aim is not to produce a, a drawing a bottle or a cup that looks realistic, looks fantastic, looks great. That's not the aim. That's the byproduct of the experience. That so uh, you are paying attention. You are observing. You are and drawing allows that to to really look and see the things that you were not seeing first. The first two minutes, you are just, yeah, you know, it's a bottle. It's just a bottle. But when you want to draw it, or it's just a tree, when you want to draw it, you start with the main thing, main shape, maybe. But then if you're drawing, it takes, like, it's going to take maybe 30 minutes. Then after 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're paying attention to all these details as well, all the branches, many things there. So this is like in observational drawing, for example. I think this is a great exercise. It's a meditation. It's an exercise in paying in observing, right? Our way of uh, being in the world is through our senses, and art can enhance that that experience. It's an exercise for the, for our senses. Yeah. And I yes, I I absolutely loved your answer about um you know children being artists, but like kind of losing that ability as they grow up and honestly I, I'm very excited for you for what you're going to be able to teach all of these uh, students whenever you um, start work at the school. Thank you. Thank you. Another I had for you uh, when we looked at your website we also saw that you produce music and you produce poetry. Yeah. yeah. So we were, uh, if you could just talk more in general. Sure. Thank you. When creating music what you create music about and how has your music influenced others? Yes. So uh, music is a hobby for me. I really love it, but I do it for myself and I just, because I don't have that confidence. And I'm so, uh, yeah, it is a, it is why, why music is meaningful. It's because of the music itself, aesthetically, and also the context, because music was banned in my childhood, and because of all those stories in that context, it just makes this more important, more, more meaningful. It makes the experience much deeper for me. 
because of the context of it, because of the fact that those master musicians had to flee after revolution, they were being persecuted. So they had to live in exile with, with difficulty, but they still cared for this art and they created beauty for, for, for this and for people. So they offered, right? so all that makes just music for me so, so beautiful. Uh, uh, as a yeah as a as something that you do like in the vault you know I, so uh, as a hobbyist i mean but i'm I always i want to i'm so passionate in learning like i will never stop learning music i think i will always be doing music always trying to learn a bit more and sometimes again it's about about so i just play and i learn how to a bit improvise just along just without any preference so jamming a lot of jamming just it's it's like dancing, but for your mind when you're playing music and you, right. So it's just making music with friends. That's something I enjoy most. Just just making music with friends, uh, even a basic rhythm, and then just playing from there. But to compose something, to to write a song and all that, I didn't have any plan. I listen to songs all the time, but I didn't have any you know intention to do that. But sometimes something moves you, and you just grab your instrument and you grab your pen and you want to sing something about it and you just produce the right words that express how you feel or at the same time you want to contribute to that spirit you want to uh, testify that this is happening or this spirit is moving right now this is this is what's going so through words and music so what I, I on my website i uploaded uh, three four four songs and uh, all these four songs were written and recorded through a period of two months, maybe two, three months. Home recording. I, I have learned over the last few years how to record music on my laptop and how to arrange it and how to export it and upload it. So these songs were uh, inspired by the movement in Iran, Woman Life Freedom. It is, yeah, it is very sad what is happening, right, in the world. And so uh, in Iran as well, so this, yeah, it is this, yeah, these people and, yeah, and they, yeah, it is. So I, I was, I think I was like every other Iranian and many even non-Iranian in the world, they, they could feel what was happening and all that and the oppression and the price they've had to pay for, you know, just wanting the basic things. This, of course, as a, as I mean, as an Iranian, every Iranian maybe. But myself, my own journey, I've been like you know, I okay, I I recognize that as a very insecure, inhumane atmosphere place for me. So I couldn't either even, yeah. So uh, all that violence, all that thing, the, the same kind of chaos, the same kind of challenge that even. Uh, yeah, insecurity, sense of insecurity. In one way, as a child, I felt it, and I found drawing as a uh, a space as a child. But then later in society, I was growing up, it's the same kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it is sad to see what is happening, and of course, I was yeah, I I I, I was affected by that, and and 
and I, I kind of yeah I like those songs because I can recognize they are heartfelt meaning when I listen to them myself they move me as if they were the song that I just basically uh, Bob Dylan says right he says I'm just a postman right he just delivers <laughs> you don't know where, where it comes from yeah but I like them I mean I, I like them I, I mean somehow they are basic musically but uh the experience for me, it was a blessing. It was truthful. It brings tears to my eyes when I listen to them, my own voice and my own music. So it's, yeah, and, and it is empowering. I mean, through that crying, through that tear, it's an empowering experience. It it fills you with the spirit. Yeah. That's absolutely. And I, I completely respect the fact that you're able to create music impromptu mm -hmm. because uh, truthfully, I, I I don't have that capacity to express myself, you know, without preparation. And the fact that you do indicates the amount of talent you have as an artist, whether in obviously visual art or music. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Very thank, kind. You. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. So we'll go ahead and, um, you know, like ask the ending questions because truly like um, me and Trisha are both agreeing that like you know the amount of information we've been able to receive from you throughout this entire been incredibly impactful and will be incredibly impactful for our listeners you know uh when we are able to publish this episode so i think um my one of my um last questions is do you have anything else that you would like to mention um regarding your story uh regarding your career or just any advice that you would like to give uh, to anyone who might be listening to this episode. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, just a, a again a testimony that yeah. uh, I think it, because we we do talk about home. I just want to add that for me, home is the things that I connect with. It yeah, it could be a book for someone that he keeps with them. It could be. An instrument. It could be a friend. So it, uh, yeah. Just to say, I'm grateful for those things being there in life to provide real home. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess like looking more in the future. Are I guess what are your future goals? Like, is there anything that you hope to accomplish in the future? Yeah, of I want to. Yes, I want to have a big studio where I could paint really, like really big, where I could uh, see my canvases at the same time. At the moment, I need to pull them out one by one, and it's a struggle. I need. I want to be able to see them side by side, all of them, uh, and see the connection. I mean, I only get to see that at the exhibition when they are this way, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what they are, what they look like together. Uh, just to be able to, yeah, to be able to do what I like. And yeah, of course, my situation uh, without not being resettled yet, I'm in this very kind of insecure because still, right? I'm just going week by week, month by month, my, my life here. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of no idea what my dream would be a bit of uh, maybe having a, a bit of a base maybe a bit of security 
with with the necessary things maybe maybe i would be allowed to travel as well because especially with art yeah with art i my my dream is i think i will be in tears when i come across some of the works of some of those painters that I have been admiring all my life and I've been seeing their works only through prints and books and on internet but if I see the real canvases like painters like Cezanne I think I would be like crying <laughs> so much yes yeah, so to be able to travel one day and to have the chance to visit museums see works of art it's like it's it's uh, maybe one of the biggest dreams yeah that was actually um I guess going back a little that was one of the questions that I did have for you just like are there any musicians or artists that inspire you oh yeah a lot <laughs> yeah artists painters from before yeah yeah I, I, I the same thing with with any media or any uh, instrument I love them all same thing all serious artists I respect and you know I respect them a lot because I learned through them, through looking at their work. But yeah, I think some of them are maybe even more fantastic. I've seen Mr. Matisse, Henry Matisse, few times in a dream. And that was great to be in Matisse's house. It was awesome. He's He was such a kind old man. He was great presence he had. So uh, Matisse definitely, and all those great teachers of art in, in painting. Cezanne definitely. Picasso, oh, all of them, yeah, <laughs> all of them, many Van Gogh, Giacometti, many, all these are my favorite painters, but in music, yes, I mentioned Bob Dylan, of course, and Leonard Cohen, we listen to Leonard Cohen in Iran a lot, a lot of Iranians, they love Leonard Cohen, but Cohen is great, his, his words, and yes, <laughs> yes, music is great. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, the passion that you know you show for art and music is is, is truly incredible and inspiring. Like, you see, I it's just... very, sorry, I again I have mentioned this before, but one more time, I want to, I want to, uh, just uh, what I think it really is. I mean, for its music, but it's also in contrast to the violence and chaos. So when I compare this with that, I. You know, I grasp this and I can see how different it is in its nature, making music. In the gospel, there is a part. I'm not a Christian now, but in the gospel, there is a part that I think kind of maybe points at this or to me, I read it that way. It's the moment where people are going to throw a stone at a woman. And they say that Jesus, at that point, he was with his finger drawing things, scribbling on the sand. So what I really see is the contrast between these two acts. A hand that throws a stone and destroys, and a hand maybe that maybe draws or plays an instrument. So it is in contrast to those things. And, right, it's in contrast to, yeah, to that to that bad sound that I appreciate harmony and good sound and music. Right. That's, yeah, yeah that's incredible. Just, just the pure passion is, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, 
I know, Anusha and I would love to talk to you and hear more about your why behind art and music and all of this. Um, yeah, I guess our like one final question is, is there any way that our supporters or we as a podcast can help you and support your work? Well, first of all, your supporters, your audience, thanks them. I thank them for listening to, to my story and to this podcast. And yeah, I would. I think I would love to be able to connect to maybe in painting, right? In painting, which I do more seriously, in painting to those. I don't know to who those who who do it more seriously. Maybe academic. Uh, the, I I have not had the the chance to enter that, but to be able to connect somehow, I don't know, but to that is, I don't know, yeah, that that's what I would yeah appreciate a lot. Any connection, any anyone, even I could show my work to maybe, and and yeah, right and maybe, and to be able to yeah to learn to talk. Well, thank you so much for being here and talking to us and telling us your story. We really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Pleasure was mine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you, Anusha. That was me, Thersha Mo, and Anusha Ghosh talking to Mr. Komil Zarin, an Iranian artist. We discussed his journey as an artist and musician, his current passion for teaching, and his future plans. If you liked this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review us in the comments below. If you'd like to learn more about Mr. Komil, visit his website, komilzarin.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email us at seekingrefugepodcast at gmail.com or at our University of South Carolina email address, sosrpa at mailbox.sc.edu. You can find us on social media at Refuge Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This show is produced by undergraduate students at the University of South Carolina. Your hosts for this week were Thrisha Mo and Anusha Ghosh. This episode was edited and proofed by Emily Jensen and Diana Clark. Our executive producers are Claire Matz and Victoria Halsey. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.